advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. Playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. It's time to play division football. It is time for defending the kingdom division style. And this one is entitled The Hunted. Mitch Holtis with you, the voice of the Chiefs. And I am joined by my guy, the man we call the shop, the barber shop, the spider man. He's his own comic book. And I say that as a compliment. He's his own superhero, uh, Sean Barber. And by the way, Sean, I love your headphones. They're the boys 700. I was using these last night. I was working on the game and I wanted to go to another planet. And I'm like, tuning everybody out in the house. I'm going to go to Neptune and I'm going to work on the Chargers. And I flew away with these. I didn't know these were able to space travel in these uh, Bose 7. <laughs> man, these things are amazing, man. You know, I got a house full of seven, uh, six kids and a wife. And so uh, every room of my house is a different dimension. So like you said, when I need to zone out, when I need to just have my own little, my, my quan, find my peace, my silent place, make sure my yin and my yang are uh, uh, totally equally yoked for me to get into my chief's mentality to defend the kingdom is only one way to do it with these Bose 700s. They are awesome. 11 levels of noise cancellation. What is not going to be canceled is division football. And the Chiefs this week go to Los Angeles to that, speaking of space travel, the spaceship that they built in L.A., a $5 billion stadium. I feel like Dr. Evil on those Austin Power movies. $5 billion <laughs> stadium. Uh, and the Chiefs are going on the road for the first time. But we're going to entitle this Defending the Kingdom, The Hunted. Because let's just put this in perspective now. The Chiefs have beat, and I'm not going to say this as being arrogant. So I just want everybody to kind of understand this. The Chiefs have beaten the Chargers 11 out of 12 times. If you take the Andy Reid era, it's really 12 out of 14. Because mm -hmm. if Ryan Suckup would have made a 41-yard field goal in the last game of the 2013 season, the Chiefs' JVs would have knocked the Chargers out of the playoffs that year. I know that's ancient history. But you knew this, entering the league as a Redskin, you didn't particularly like the Giants. You really didn't like the Eagles. You just sure didn't like the Cowboys. And when you were here as a Chief, we were chasing Peyton Manning. Yes. Okay. Now the Chargers are sick of losing to the Chiefs, and they're not really fond of Patrick Mahomes being MVP of everything. So let's talk about being the hunted and playing division football and for the Chiefs to try to stay dominant in the AFC West. I think, first of all, it starts off with that mentality. If you allow yourself to believe that you're the lead dog, that you're the alpha dog, that everybody is chasing you, then you start looking behind. And one thing Andy and our coaching staff, they do a tremendous job of, of, of continuously to challenge our guys on a daily basis, every day at practice, trying to get better at something. Fine-tuning, detailing your work, third down, short yardage, red zone offense, special teams, leverage on your coverage. Um, I'm high pointing the ball, receivers looking it in, running backs, uh, ball security, all the little things that matter in game time. If you focus on the fundamentals, the fundamentals will always take care of the product. And speaking of that, let's just glance back at this Texan game as it bounces us into this Charger game in L.A. on Sunday. 7-13 on third downs, outstanding. Red zone, third down in the red zone became touchdowns. Mm -hmm. uh, and the execution, one penalty in all three phases, one penalty. I mean, COVID or non-COVID, I mean, if that was like, I, I had not seen that clean of an opening game, I don't think, in my 27 years in this league. 
I think it might be actually a byproduct of the COVID. I mean, I think some coaches looked at COVID as being a, a structure, a obstacle, and then some coaches took it as a challenge. I think Andy took it as a challenge. How can I do it a little, do it down? How can I uh, um, fine tune? How can I just cut all the fat off the meat and just have a, a good product to give my players a good, a good 15 plays to start out with? And then once I expand outside those 15, can, can those plays still be a, a, a derivative of the fundamental package we put in and not put in a whole bunch of new shifts and motions, concepts that we really haven't done game speed. So what I saw from the Chiefs is a very uh, fundamentally sound first 15. And then after that, um, coaches, he really went back to some of the basic concepts that he knows Pat really likes and the offensive line really likes. Uh, um, it's hard to say uh, uh, Clyde likes because this is his first year here, but I think Eric Bieniemy and the running backs uh, like the, pro the, 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 the philosophy of us going in um, that first week and having a really a run-centric game plan to begin it. And then once Pat started to air it out, he saw the defense was playing top-down, trying to take away all the deep, deep balls. So then he focused on the mid-game, the short game, and uh, the running attack, and, that, and they was able to take control of the game using that philosophy. Okay, because of that philosophy, though, to do that philosophy, it leads me into this week and being the hunted going into L.A., and that is the offensive line. The Chiefs' offensive line in that Houston game, I loved it. It looked like the offensive line that you played with in the Chiefs, <laughs> meaning a little edgy. Yeah. Let's Yosemite brings that little bit of edge playing the O-line like a D-lineman. Fish can do that, too, in the run game. Uh, we also saw it with Wiley on the right side with Schwartz. So – Okay, you're telling me that philosophy, but to do that philosophy, your offensive line has got to bring it. These guys brought it. Now, here comes Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, Linval Joseph, the former stud of the Vikings, is now on this team, started his career at the New York Giants. And this is a good defense. But up front, the line of scrimmage on Sunday will be interesting to watch based on what you just told me. Yeah, we, I mean, we know the Chargers have some great edge rushers, and now they got some inside presence also. Uh, they have a, a no-fly zone on the secondary. Guys have been making plays for years. Um, but when it comes down to being a physical team, being a, a striker team, creating turnovers, the things you have to do to, to stop Pat Mahomes, uh, the Chargers just haven't been great at getting off the field when it comes to stopping the Chiefs' offense. They, they, we've been able to have long drives, long scoring drives, um, and that's something that I see probably happening again this weekend because Pat is becoming more comfortable with what he's seeing. Not just the, the grasp of offense, not, a, not just the philosophy of what Andy wants to do, but his eyes aren't lying to him anymore. It's, it's hard to deceive. It's hard to, um, um, to, to run the bluff coverage and trap Mahomes into making a bad throw when he's so patient now. And even though he's looking deep, he knows he can go back to that deep ball later. He, if it's there now, it'll be there later. But let me go ahead and move the chains. Let me stay in uh, manageable third downs, continue to move the field, change the field position, get us in scoring position, and then let's get a touchdown. Instead of scoring in six plays, he's looking at like a 16 play as his true goal of a scoring drive. And that's a whole different mindset that I don't think anybody is ready for with Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I talked to him this week. We had him on the uh, Chiefs Kingdom radio show on Monday night. I had a chance to be with him one-on-one -on -one, or talk to him one-on-one -on -one Zoom call. You know, you and I gave the analogy of him being a boxer. I told him I was so proud of him, just the way he's grown in being patient. And that, I'm going to give a baseball analogy because your son's a really good baseball player. Yeah. You, you don't hit the pitch the pitcher wants you to try to swing at. Mm -hmm. You hit your pitch. 
And that takes discipline and patience. But when I get it, I got it. And it's going over the wall or into a gap someplace. And to me, that's the step he has taken is he won't take the shot the Chargers want him to take. He's going to take the shot he wants to take and attack them. Yeah, and we know with that head coach, they're going to be creative on the defensive side. They have the the pass rushing and the personnel to do a lot of creativity. Um, they have safeties that can play corner, corners that can play safety. The linebackers can get on the outside. The outside guys get in. So they can run a, 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 a melee of different defensive packages and personnel. But at the end of the day, they still have to cover our guys. We yeah. still got guys that can go vertical on anybody. Um, I, I, I still don't think they have the top end speed to stay with our guys over the top without getting some help. And the second we notice that the safeties are having to help on deep routes, that totally opens up the entire middle of the field um, for, for, for Travis Kelsey, now for our um, um, Clyde Hilaire, um, for our, our linebacker, for our, for our tight end and our running back to just take advantage of all the meaty, uh, medium to short range completions. And then you have to come and tackle them. And the one thing we saw that was so exciting about Clyde Hilaire is after contact. He was amazing after contact um, this last Thursday night. And you said it too when you play back on defense. We told we talked about it on the Chiefs Rewind uh, video show that we had on uh, our Chiefs platforms. Is when I'm playing back and now I've got to come up against a guy like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's got a five-yard head start on me. This isn't inside of a closet. This is in like outside. And so now all of a sudden. <laughs> The close on him is a whole different story. I do like the Charger defensive personnel. I liked them. I didn't like them, but I thought they made a good move in getting Kenneth Murray, the linebacker out of Oklahoma. Yes. He's an athlete. He can cover, um, and he's and he can cover that ground and, and make that play. And then you mentioned the guys in the secondary. These are Pro Bowl guys. I mean, Casey Hayward had 12 tackles last week in their win at Cincinnati. Uh, Chris Harris, we know about him. The KU guy was a free agent with the uh, Broncos and became a Pro Bowl, perennial Pro Bowler. And then Desmond King, who I think is a tough dude, who plays back there in kind of that safety corner hybrid. But here's something from them. You brought this up, and I'll take it a step further. These guys only had 14 takeaways all last year. And I mentioned these guys. These are the same guys other than Murray and Linval Joseph. Shop, they only had 14 takeaways. These guys were minus 17 last year in the giveaway takeaway. And you're not going to win on any planet in any neighborhood if you're minus 17. Well, defensively, their, their philosophy is to be very aggressive. And they stay in a lot of man coverage. They want to bump. They want to reroute. They want to run underneath routes. They have safety help over the top. They call it a man-two concept. They're, they're chasing and trailing routes, so they can get a lot of pass passes deflected and uh, PBUs and stuff like that. The unfortunate thing about man coverage is because you're chasing a man all the time, you're not, you don't have your eyes on the ball. So you don't you don't really put yourself in position to make a lot of plays on the ball like you do when you play a zone man concept, a match zone concept where you have eyes on the quarterback. So last week, right, we brought the honey badger off the edge. He got his hand on the ball. It's flat floating up in the air and Sneed is eyes on the ball. He can react to it. Go make a play. Imagine that same play being in man coverage. That ball falls on the ground. No hurt, no hurt, no hurt, no no foul. It just goes to the next down. So that's what they do. Um, they believe in very tight, aggressive coverage on the back end um, because it does give their in rushers a, a tick more time to get there because they're playing so tight in their coverage and they're trying to they're trying to feed it um, a cover sack, what we call it sometimes, just allowing an extra second and an extra count and a half for Ingram and Bosa to get home to the quarterback. 
All right, let's go to the second part of this Defending the Kingdom episode called The Hunted, meaning the Chiefs are going to go to L.A. this week and try to stay dominant in a division. They're 27-3 and against the AFC West. They've beaten the Chargers 11 of the last 12 times. The Chiefs' last Sunday loss in a division was 2014. All three of those losses were on Thursday nights. All right, now let's go to the next part. I mentioned last year, minus 17 in the giveaway takeaway. I'm going to give you another one. In the last four years, the Chargers have given the ball to the Chiefs in the in the eight games 18 times, 18 giveaways. Comes into the next part of this discussion. And a guy that I respect a lot, and I've respected him every day he's been in the league, and that's Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's quarterback in this team. Okay, maybe he's keeping the chair warm for Justin Herbert, the kid they uh, drafted out of Oregon this year in the draft. But Tyrod Taylor, let's just back up the truck here, pump the brakes. 25, 21, and 1 as a starter. He's 2 and 2 against the Chiefs. He's been with four different teams against the Chiefs. We saw Tyrod Taylor as a Raven. We saw him as a Bill. We saw him as a Brown. Now we're seeing him as a Charger. But he's not going to give you the ball. They won last week, 16 13, at Cincinnati. We could say, ah, the kicker had a you know gaff at the end. He like, blew up his calf or his offense. They were plus two shop. The Chargers were plus two. Tyrod Taylor wasn't spectacular, but he was steady. They are not going to hand you the ball anymore, I don't think, with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Yeah, Tyrod has done a phenomenal job his entire career. We talk about game manager, and obviously to, to most spectators, that's a that's a faux pas. You don't ever want to hear your quarterback being called a game manager. That's like uh, a girl calling you a, a close friend when you're trying to date her, right? <laughs> but but Tyrod is a guy who's he's made some smart plays. He makes he makes all the needed throws underneath. He he's never had a strong arm to be able to attack vertical. But most offenses, they, they do slant routes, they do out routes, they do stops, screen plays. He's mobile enough that if you uh, um, give him some, some, some uh, exit paths, he can, make it, he can make a first down using his legs. But he's smart enough to know if it's not there, throw it away. He survives the down. He always tries to end every drive with a kick, whether it's a punt, extra point. That's his goal. He doesn't want to turn the ball over. He wants to let his defense play. He's always been a very headsy, heads-up type football player. And some of the franchises he's been with just haven't been – he hasn't been really surrounded by great talent. And so to say he's 25-21-1, and one, I mean, that's a winning record for a long NFL career when most of the times he hasn't been surrounded by the best um, personnel available. So uh, you got to take your, ta- your, your hat off and note it. I mean, he's a gamer. He's going to come in in a gamer, and if they can hold on to the ball, that's a challenge to us on defense – if he doesn't give it away, then we got to take it away. That means punching the ball out, coming back behind him, stripping the ball, um, um, high-pointing balls, getting tip balls. Same thing we did last week. So it's a challenge to a defense. If they're not going to throw the ball 50-50, throw it up for grabs, then you got to force the ball come out. And we got just the personnel, Frank Clark, Chris Jones. We got just the guys coming after him that can really um, uh, turn that ball over. The best word I can give, and I've, I've described Tyrod Taylor this week, is Henry. He is just an Henry guy to play against. And keep in mind, if the Chiefs Kingdom folks listening and watching this podcast are going, oh, come on, man, Tyrod Taylor, I'll rent a theater tonight. I'll invite you. Well, we can't, COVID, but we might get spread out. And I'll show you the 2017 Buffalo Bills 16 to 10 win over the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. He ran the ball nine times, to your point. He only had 19 completions, no turnovers in that game. 
and the Bills won at Arrowhead 16 to 10 with the team that won't be confused with Marv Levy's Bills. All right. The other thing is, before we move on here, is you've got to be ready for the quarterback design run game. We saw it. We're going to see it in a couple of weeks with Cam Newton. We're darn sure going to see it next week with Lamar Jackson. But there's enough RPO game. There's enough load option. There's a, that all kinds of stuff with Tyrod Taylor where you got to you got to respect that element of the Charger game. Yeah, the defenses now are having to um, evolve to understand that the quarterback position in today's day and age, there's a scrambling, there's a r- running package. That's, it's a part of every offense now. It's not just a Lamar Jackson thing. Um, it's, it's not just um, Tennessee's um, quarterback. There, there are multiple quarterbacks. And even the teams that have the Drew Breeses, the quarterbacks that are older, like Aaron Rodgers, they can always sub in a secondary quarterback that's more mobile and run this quarterback load package, quarterback sweep, uh, misdirection, bootleg, all, all these things that it puts a lot of pressure on the edge of your defense containing and having somebody responsible for the quarterback. Because usually in defensive packages, when we talk about defensive philosophies, the one person you really don't account for running the ball is usually the quarterback. You're a man-for-man, gap-for-gap. You cover all your gaps. But a naked boot is usually the uncovered um, offensive threat. Well, and if I hand it off, I'm playing 9-on-11 football. If I run it, I'm playing 11-on-11. I got 10 blocking guys, you know, for 11th guy running it. Uh, The other thing is, you mentioned that, Pat Mahomes last year didn't run it last week at all. But last year in the game in Mexico City, he had to keep play with a 24-yard run that helped turn the game around. And then he ran it like nine times in the game in uh, Kansas City last year in that season finale. All right, let's move on to the second point. This defending the kingdom, dealing with being the hunted. The Chiefs have dominated this division now for really four-plus years, almost five years. But now they're going to play division football and try to stay dominant over a foe who's tired of losing to you. The next area I want to explore here is the second level of the Chiefs' defense. This is the linebackers and the safeties involved in that coverage. We see Spags do different things. We saw him do it last week. We'll see him do some more this week. The Chargers have always loved, and Tyrod Taylor, you just alluded to it, would like to attack that second level of the defense, whether it's tight end Hunter Henry, running back Austin Eckler. Last week, Eckler was only targeted one time. A year ago, shop, only Christian McCaffrey had more catches and yards in a receiving game in the NFL than the Chargers' Austin Eckler. So it leads me to the point. You played this position, covering backs and tight ends at that second level, the challenges the Chiefs face this week and try to improve in that area. Well, talking about their running back game, it seems like with the removal of Gordon, Eckler has kind of moved to that lead back position. And that seems like in their offense, that position isn't a, a position that's highly targeted. They just don't throw the ball unless it's a screen game to their number one back. They always use their third down back who actually gets a lot of the more targets. So maybe Kelly, um, the, the young guy um, who showed that he can definitely um, put some yardage up last week, he'll probably be the one who's targeted out the backfield, trying to get him on arrow routes, um, skinny routes, out and ups, trying to get one-on-one matchups with our linebackers. Um, and then you talked about uh, Hunter. Hunter, is a, um, he's, a, he's a formidable tight end. He's one of the top five, six tight ends. When it comes to running routes, hand, high-pointing, um, he, he's always open. It reminds me a lot of that Tony Gonzalez. Always open. No matter what leverage you're on, the perfect pass will always find him in a good spot. So um, he's going to be a, a challenge for us on the back end with our defensive backers, our safeties and linebackers. Um, between Hunter Henry um, and both running backs, uh, we're going to have our hands full trying to bracket, maybe a little bit of help 
But defensively, it always starts with that pressure up the middle. Sometimes with Chris Jones and the pressure he can uh, provide up the middle, it takes a lot of that middle game out the, out, out the game plan because that pressure is immediate up the middle, and that's right where the quarterback is looking. And some of those um, mid-level uh, running back routes out the backfield, they end up being right over the ball. And when you have a guy 6'6", six, six, long wingspan, uh, like Sack Nation, uh, coming down the gut of the defense, I mean, gut of the offense right in the A-gaps, it becomes very tough for a quarterback to stand there and deliver the ball. And Tyrod is not the tallest guy, right? He's, he's Drew Brees. He's got to find those windows in there or throw off his tippy toes. Justin Jackson's another guy. It's a third running back they got, kid out of Northwestern, who was actually a factor in that Thursday night win the Chargers had at Arrowhead Stadium a couple years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he kind of gives them a, a Darwin Thompson type yes. of feel. Oh, he's a third dude running in here. Oh, he's not bad. He can do some stuff. So they got some weapons to throw at the Chiefs. And and um, in the case of Chris Jones, and going back and looking at that game on last Thursday night against the Texans, there's times he's just unblockable, right? <laughs> and how about, guy, how about a guy, Tershawn Wharton, out of Missouri S&T? The pro football uh, focus rating had him the highest-rated defensive lineman in 14 snaps of anybody, even more than, than Chris Jones, but Stone Cold was right behind him. But that group up front, I saw some, a lot of encouraging signs. Man, our D-line is one for the ages. Like we said, this, this defense is going to definitely hang their hat starting on our D-line with that immediate pressure, not having to bring extra guys to force the ball to come out early. Being able to beat one-on-ones immediately is something that Chris Jones, he does on an elite level. And you talk about Tershawn, he's one of the guys, my son, uh, Nicholas, he actually works at Arrowhead. All training camp, he was a dad, it's this guy. I don't know what where he came from, but this Tershawn guy, he's going to be a dominant, and he said a dominant force all season long. He is unblockable. And on Thursday night, he showed and proved it. He's got a little John Randall body to him. I right? like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a reminder, our Defending the Kingdom shows and have been for months and throughout the season brought to you by Bose Headphones, the 700s. I'm telling you, these are these are just taking it to another level for me. I didn't know headphones could be this awesome. Go to Bose.com to order yours. Just like shop and mine. You, yours look better on you, but I'm telling you what, they's, they're for real um, and good stuff. The other thing I want to mention here before we get into the next phase of our Defending the Kingdom podcast, which is The Hunted this week going to take on the Chargers in L.A., Anna Tobkin, who produces and directs this podcast, also became the first female to direct a game day video board production Thursday night against the Texans in Chiefs history. I'm really proud of A.T. She makes sure this show works. But, I mean, when you're surrounded by people shop, and you and I know this, whether it's this team with Andy Reid or you're in a business setting or your family, that are people like Anna, it not only makes your job easier, it's just better. It's more fun. And you go to another level, I think, from a standpoint of performance. Man, people always want to know what is the most important part of any uh, journey. Is it the journey or the destination? Is it where you're going or is it how you get there? When it talks about the type of uh, personnel, the type of uh, chemistry and camaraderie that everyone at Arrowhead has, uh, no matter if it's the production team, sponsorship, the executive level, down to the players and coaches, it's neither one. It's the, it's the camaraderie from the, 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 the cohorts. It's the people. It's, it's all about the relationships. 
And everything that, that, that they're doing at Arrowhead Drive, everything that we're doing on um, um, all the uh, podcasts and all the broadcast networks, everything is about personnel. It's about letting our entire Chiefs nation know these guys are human beings. They got feelings. They got hearts. They got emotions. And we're trying to let you know how how, how these things are going to affect their playing on the field and bring you another championship without losing the fact that they are still human beings. And Anna does a great job of setting up a, a, a storyboard, an analysis, um, all the things necessary to bring uh, uh, an authentic, a, a live authentic feel to all of the different shows, whether it's our broadcast, our podcast, the game day stuff, um, the post game show in so many ways. Uh, she got her thumb right, right there on the, on the, on the, on the temperature right there. She knows exactly what temperature, when to turn it up, when to cool it down. So we, if I had a hat, I'd tip it. So I bow down to Miss Anna. Miss Anna Topkins has done a great job uh, with everything she has her uh, hands in. And made some history, I'm telling you. Uh, there she is. Give her a bow right there. Take a bow, girl. All right. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Good Arkansas Razorback. But you're talking about protrons and neutrons. Really, the nucleus of that atom is Andrew Walter Reed because he sets the tone, I think, for the whole organization uh, from the football side and what you just mentioned. Okay, that leads me into this third and final part of this Defending the Kingdom episode uh, entitled The Hunted. And I might get a little primal here, all right? I like it. I like it. Here's where I'm getting primal. The Hunted, if it stays, and let's go back to the very first paragraph. You talk about Andy Reid keeping things fresh, keeping things creative doing new things, Brett Veach bringing in new players, taking new approaches, Spags doing new things, a Tershawn Wharton at a Missouri S&T. What? Where's that school? Uh, with the highest pro football focus grade on the defense. Wait a minute. What's going on? And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire, something new. Here's my primal point. The hunted, the best of those that are hunted, can do a quick flank maneuver. And in, a, in an instant, they now become the hunter again. It does not take long. And for me, the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, they're going to be hunted. This Not everybody's liking the, all this stuff that's gone on here for eight years, specifically the last four in this division, and for sure the last one in the National Football League. But the greatest teams in this league, even though they're hunted, we got to give the Patriots some love here, the Steelers of Chuck Knoll. Within an instant, they become the hunter again. Yeah, we saw that um, play itself out on the field when it's less than two minutes left. The other team is driving the field thinking they're going to score right before half. And before we know it, our defense makes a stop. They miss a field goal. Now we are on the prowl. Now we are on the attack. Pat Mahomes gets it, goes down. We get a field goal and come out the second half, score another. That's a 10, 13, maybe 17-point turnaround. Game is over. So quickly, you think you have the Chiefs on the rope. You think you're going to go into halftime. You think you're going to score. And before you know it, you make one mistake, one mistake, and Pat Mahomes makes you pay for it, turns it around. And before you know it, the momentum's going, offense rolling, and Katie Barty Gates, you can't stop him. Um, and he does a great job of that. You, 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 you talk about in the, in, the, in the heat of the battle, it reminds me of like Top Gun. You have those, uh, uh, those fighter jets going around, and they're looking around and looking around before you know it. They pull a maneuver. Now now the, the, the hunter has become the hunted. And that's exactly what Pat Mahomes, the offense, do. Before you know it, you're outflanked. We're going all vertical. Um, you think we're going to check down to Kelsey. Uh, Cheetah's going down the sideline for six. Next time, Sammy Watkins shakes 
breaks a one-on-one, going across the field, Kelsey on the out and up, Clyde Allaire does a dead foot move on your safety, breaks it for 27 yards, touchdown. So many weapons. And I haven't even talked about the return game, the McCole Hartman. Sub- we, we haven't even got onto that, the, the, the D-Rob with his Michael Jordan catch in the end zone. Um, um, Byron Pringle, one of the toughest hard-nosed receivers we have on this roster. Um, it just It's so many weapons to worry about on the offensive side of, of the ball. Before you know it, Frank Clark is hunting you. Chris Jones is hunting you. Juan Thornhill's picking you off. Honey Badger, he's in your head. Every, every it, it just it just unfolds. The hitman knocks you out. The linebackers coming downhill. Hawkeye, man, it, it, it just it's just it's just a constant amount of pressure on your team to 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 bar the doors, to barricade yourself in. I, the Chiefs are coming. They, they're coming. We got to barricade ourselves in. So I think you know even even though we got that number one ranking on all these different things, it seems like in Chiefs Kingdom, we are still looking for different ways to hunt down new. We we want we want six touchdowns in the quarter. We 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 want we want uh, less than hundred yards rushing. We, we we're challenging ourselves on every level. Uh, our field goal kicker is trying for a sixty-five yarder. He wants the opportunity. He he's praying that the offense gets stalled uh, somewhere around the fifty. So that he can pull out that big leg and let it let it go from 65, 66 yards. Everybody in the organization is just constantly challenging and keeping themselves on uh, uh, this, this is on that 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 crisp that that that, that razor edge of being just prepared um, and ready to strike. I love it. Love the old school Top Gun reference. Hit the brake. <laughs> I run on by. Yeah. <laughs> You're dead. You're gone. And that's where the hunter. Uh, the hunt dead becomes the hunter within a second. But we saw it last year in this game in week 17. Everybody thinks, well, as a matter of fact, victory, if the Chiefs get the win, they're going to get the bye based on what happened. Hey, Fitzmagic did the deal against New England. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It took a 104-yard kickoff return by McCall Hardman that flipped that game. Mm. And the Chargers, I told it, we started this podcast. They're sick of this, man. They're sick of it. We've been on the other side of this. You get sick of losing to dudes, and you're chasing – you know, the big kid on the hill. They thought they had control of that game and that they could mess the Chiefs up. Bingo. You just alluded to it. But 104-yard kickoff return, now the game completely flipped. The game in Mexico City was like that. So in an instant, if you continue the constant pressure in all three phases, you can do that second flank maneuver and get the old uh, flyby, and all of a sudden you got them on radar lock. Well, I know from being on the defensive side of the ball, when you talk about winning 11 out of 12 games, it puts you in a mindset that you don't like to be in. You're waiting for something wrong to happen. You're waiting for that. You're waiting for the Chiefs to, oh, here we go, here we go. No matter what, no matter what the score of the game is, no matter how late it is, you know that it, one, all they need is a spark. And once they get that spark, the offense, because it can score so many points in such a short period of time, you're never in a level of comfort. You never feel relaxed. And it, and it puts so much pressure Every tackle, every uh, uh, defensive call. Sometimes you're nervous about blitzing because you don't want to give uh, a, a cheetah an 80 yard bomb on a third and five. You you rather give up the first down and give up the touchdown. That th- those type of uh, 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 fears is going to be in the minds of the defensive coordinators for the Chargers the entire game long. And then on offense, you think to yourself, if I can just keep the ball out of Pat's hands, if I can just keep the the, the chains moving, keep the defense on the field, if, if Pat's not on the field, then, then what are we going to do? Um, we have a winning game plan. But then that leads 
sack nation. That leads that lets the defensive line eat. That lets our guys get to uh, get to grubbing. And now we're talking about feeders on defense. Um, that defensive mindset of getting off the field is something that uh, I haven't seen our defense play uh, this this passionate. And and, and you heard um, you, you you heard the defensive backs, um, Honey Badger, talk about all that trash end uh, of the game yardage and scores. He was pissed off. Like like that. You you work so hard to create a dominant mentality. You don't want for a snap for to give them a not an inch, not a yard, not a score, not a field goal. If they don't earn it and deserve it, you don't want anybody getting anything on your defense. Well, and people look at the stats and they go, "What? They're sixteenth in defense." Well, wait, a minute. did you watch the game or listen? I mean, look at the game in reality. All right, here we go, shop. Time to play division football at that spaceship of a stadium they built in their LAX. Uh, again, a $5 billion stadium. It's going to be crazy with nobody in it. Uh, but uh, here we go. The Chiefs got to go from being the hunted in a split second to go right back to being the hunter. Appreciate you, my friend. He is Sean Barber. He's the shop, the, uh, the man, the Spider-Man. Watch the throne. I like it. Uh, and I'm giving you this back because you gave me this T-shirt. Let's man. see what that – oh, save football. Hey, you got to wear a mask. And our fans have been doing it. I was at the stadium. They stayed masked up. We staying COVID-free. The fans are doing it, man. We applaud the fans. Keep stay masked up, stay safe, um, social distance, and wash those hands. Wear a mask, watch your distance, and wash the hands. Three W's, baby. He is the shop. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. Let's go play some division football. Chiefs and Chargers, thanks to Bose for the 700 headphone. Shop may give you his. I'm keeping mine. But thanks for uh, joining us. Let's go get him. Week two and shop. Let's run it back.